So the name Rockstar Shaman does represent how my shamanism works. I work directly with Great Mother Earth Rock and directly up to Source Great Spirit, the star part. And of course, that vertical line that runs directly into Great Mother Earth and directly up to Source also runs through me and connects into the divine power, love, light, and truth that is me and, and is within me. Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, think for ourselves, and realize our limitless nature. We will explore talks on meditation, creativity, wellness, spirituality, and storytelling. You're in for a treat because we're peeling back the layers and diving deep. I'll be having diverse voices from all different creative backgrounds and points of view on to discuss what makes their soul limitless. Plug in and tune out the outside world as we go on this journey together. Hello, welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. It's Kelly Mason here. If you are new to the show, welcome. So excited you're here today. And for all the OG listeners, you're the shit. Thanks for being here. I am obsessed with having company on this journey, because you know, it can be a wild one. So on this podcast, if you haven't noticed yet, um, we go pretty deep. And I'm really not interested in talking about surface level things or having on guests and asking questions that they've been asked a million times. And you could probably listen to a handful of podcasts and hear pretty similar answers because, you know, when you're talking to people who have a specialty um, or have offerings that they've put out, it's pretty customary for an interview to ask questions about the work that they do or their journey. So when I decided to have on guests on this podcast who I didn't really know, I do some research on figuring out who they are, what they're like, um, what their offerings are, what their energy is all about. And I sit with the person and not necessarily the things. And I like to tap into my own intuition and my own inner, inner guidance to see what kind of questions are going to be beneficial to cultivate some answers, some solutions, some guidance, some really deep healing from our conversations. So it's taken me a while to get into that place because you can get really nervous and um, anxious about, or maybe even insecure sometimes about asking questions to people because we always have these constant stories running in our minds. We have we have a, a program, an operating system, and I've talked about this quite a bit. If you've listened to some past episodes about our operating system and how it's always running, and when we become aware of it, we can start making modifications, software updates, changes, shifts, and cr- start creating a different experience with our reality. And when we're not aware of what's going on, right? We're not aware of like, what things make us feel insecure or what things um, make us anxious or worried or afraid or vulnerable. And um, 
we we feel that energy when we interact with other people like we don't know what it is but it's just there it's like ah, you know <laughs> kind of this shivery like bleh, feeling and when i started doing a lot of my own work i started to realize where my stories were taking me into a direction of weakness um, i just got done doing my level two shamanic cranial sacral training and if you've also been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I've been on quite the journey myself, um, diving into different modalities. And I've been working with a lot of different teachers and this leg of my path. And I'm really, really excited about the things I've been learning and being able to integrate not only for my, you know, my personal practice with myself and my in-person in private clients that I work with doing energy healing, but also into the words that I say, the interactions that I have, the relationships that I'm building, um, the vision that I'm casting for my future. It's all playing a role. And one of the things that I learned in my training this last week, I wanted to share this with you because it was so helpful, um, was my teacher, Charlene, who I'm gonna get on this podcast because she seriously has so much. She's just like, you're going to love her. She's amazing. Um, but not today. Today I have someone else, which we'll get to in just a sec. But she told me, um, told us that instead of looking at our thoughts as negative or positive or good or bad, we look at them as, is this thought bringing me into a weaker place or a more empowered place, a more light place? And there's all of these, you know, words and it's like, are you above the line? Or are you below the line? Are you above the line or below the line right now? And it's just a really cool practice to help you increase the awareness of yourself. Like, am I having a, a more weak thought that's making me more weak, um, making me close in, suck into myself, hide, run away? Or am I having a thought that is empowering. Maybe it feels a little overwhelming or a little intimidating, but it's empowering me. So that is something that I've become really aware of doing these interviews and talking to people is that something that was making me feel weak was that I was afraid that if I asked really deep questions that the other person might want to put a wall up and not answer because it made them feel vulnerable. And I was like, holy shit, like I've totally been blocking myself from like cosmic energy just filtrating through this system because part of my weak thought process, like a thought pattern, a program that was running that was more weak was that I am too much for people that I'm too invasive, that I'm crossing the line, that I'm going too far, and that they might not be willing to because maybe they're not wanting to be that vulnerable. And I'm so happy, A, that I realized that, and B, that we also get to experience an integration and a transmutation of that awareness. So becoming aware of something like that, like, oh my gosh, I do this all the time. Like when I get anxious in an interview, it's not because I don't think I'm a good interviewer or that I'm a, I'm good at doing a podcast. I, 
at this point, if I suck, it's, <laughs> I just, I mean, what have I been doing? You know, obviously we get better as we keep trying harder and we keep growing and we keep doing these things, but what is it that is still lingering and becoming aware of it has been so powerful because in the transmutation process, when we become aware of something that's weakening us or not allowing us to fully be in our power, not fully heeding our calls, not fully listening to our intuition, not fully following the highest path of our lives. We feel those feelings of weakness. We feel those lower vibrational feelings in our bodies. In our bodies, we feel it. And once you know it's there, instead of being like, oh my God, I'm a terrible person. I can't believe I've thought this this whole time. I'm so stupid. We just sit with that and go, wow, thank you for showing me this. I'm so grateful. I'm aware of this because now I get, I have a choice of what I want to do with it. And then we can come above the line, right? I'm afraid they're going to think I'm too much. I'm never too much. I'm perfect just the way I am. See, that's how you jump above the line instead of staying below that line. Anyway, I wanted to share that with you because today my guest is Allison Charles. She is the rock star shaman. She is an amazing, beautiful woman who has fearlessly, relentlessly, courageously stepped into her power and her truth. And without any apologies is who she is. And she's bringing some really beautiful medicine into this world. And one of the most beautiful things that she's bringing is the permission for people who are hearing the call to do healing work in whatever way that looks like for you. She's just paving a beautiful way for people to do it without trying to fit into a mold. So today when we had our conversation, we talked about what is a rock star shaman because she calls herself the rock star shaman. And it's really funny because if you're looking at it on a surface level, you might be like, what? Like rocks, like she have music, like what is that? And hearing her describe the way that spirit has spoken to her, she'll explain it in the episode. So I'll just kind of leave that there for you to explore um, once we get into it. But listening without questioning is the takeaway that I got from her explaining why she uses the name Rockstar and also why she's claiming the, um, the word shaman because you know, I know in this day and age, everybody has an opinion about everything and, you know, there's all of this, um, but honoring and, and truly living in what you say you are is, is a really powerful thing. And you can feel that with Allison. Um, she's also breaking down the word shaman and I, seriously, I don't really promote other people's podcasts and I honestly don't listen to very many, but her podcast ceremony circle is the bomb.com. So I definitely want you to listen to mine because I love it here and I love having you here. But if you feel like you want to explore something else, um, she has on healers and in indigenous, beautiful, amazing healers and practitioners and thought leaders. Ah, she's got the most amazing people on her podcast. I love it. And I love the conversations that she's having. 
and, and truly doing the whole podcast and ceremony. Very cool. Um, she also talks about listening to the calls you're given. So when we're hearing these like intuitive hits, we're hearing these things like when we're super connected and listening to them without questioning. Gosh, that's so important. Um, we talked about moving past suffering and how we can get out of this vicious cycle of like being below the line, right? Like being in that weaker state and and truly owning our, our purpose and our limitless potential in this lifetime. And then we talked about power animal medicine because that's something that Allison is really passionate about and it's a, a big part of her journey is working with power animals and power animal retrieval and something that I'm really interested in as well. So it was super fun to pick her brain and hear her talk about this and about her new book and deck that she has coming out. So I know you're gonna enjoy this if you're into talking about the deep stuff, going on a fun ride with um, two fun women who love to go into the depths and uh, bring you the good stuff. So enjoy this conversation with Allison Charles and myself. And if you love it, let us know what you think. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love for you to share this with a friend and, you know, start a conversation around this and, and around following your, your life's purpose, following your calling. And the best way to support the podcast is to go leave us a five-star review, leave us a little love note. I'd love to see all of your beautiful comments and it really helps us get this show out there to the rest of the world. So thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Grab a seat, plug in, tune out, and enjoy this episode with Allison Charles and myself. Welcome, Allison, to the Limitless Soul podcast. So excited to have you here today. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. I love the title. Yes, Limitless Soul. We're going to go there today. <laughs> I think I think that you're the perfect candidate for this conversation, for this this this. Uh, container of limitless yeah. soulness. Yeah. It's one of my favorite, uh, thing. Well, it's my favorite aspect actually about the spiritual path is just the infinite nature mm -hmm. with everything, infinite exploration of outside of ourselves and inside of ourselves. So love it. Yeah. And before we were, we hopped on here for everyone who's listening, we were, we kind of just dropped in for a moment. It was actually really beautiful. And Allison's dropping in, to see if anything's coming up, coming in for us to talk about today. And um, we're going to kind of dive into this, this little vortex of really following your own path. I think maybe that might be something centered around this is following your own path and listening to your own self and tuning in. And, um, I'm excited to hear what that experience has been like for you and your journey. Um, all of the pivots and the, the, the forks in the road and the, the asking of the questions, I think that'll be really fun for people to hear. Um, so why don't we start by talking about Rockstar Shaman, where, where this comes from, you know, from the outside listener hearing like, Rockstar, is she a musician? Is this, you know, and so let's kind of go there. I know what it is, but I would, I'd love to hear from you the, the experience of receiving that yes. um, message to identify as that. Yeah, it's a perfect place for the overall container we created. That's a, a good starting point. Um so yeah, right after I had my divine intervention and spiritual awakening moment, and for me, those two things were simultaneous and happened at the same time and completely changed myself and my entire world and path in one moment. 
And not long after that, I, I mean, I think within a matter of one or two days, I then had my surrender moment where, because when my intervention happened, the veil lifted from my third eye, my egoic shell that had just been so tight around me had been obliterated. So I was really seeing the truth of myself, the previous relationship I was in, earth life, astral life. There was a lot occurring for me. So then I spoke to great spirit and great mother earth and also my own very tender uh, soul at that time and said, you know, I'm finally ready to get out of my way. Show me the way. I clearly am not who I, I thought I was. And it wasn't long after that. I mean, the the visions, my gifts started to open up right away um, within, you know, less than 24 hours of my awakening. My clairvoyant gift uh, opened. My clairaudient gift actually happened at the moment of the divine intervention. That's what guided me to have my awakening. And so very quickly, uh, my connection to source was pretty full on. And the instruction, the name Rockstar Shaman downloaded in, I was, uh, you know, sitting with some sisters, some spiritual sisters and having a real breakdown to breakthrough moment in the midst of all of this. And the name came in. And I I really did a lot of integrity checks, gut checks, ego checks around that name, because even though I was new to the path at that moment, I could still feel on a deep soul level. I was like, wow, this is this is a big name. It's got a lot to it. And so I spoke to one of those sisters more deeply um, after that meeting that we were having and I said, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, what is your feel on this? What is your take on this? Because I can tell this is a real instruction I'm being given to use this name. And yet it's it's big and it's intimidating. And, you know, at that point, I had not healed um, anywhere near as deeply as I have at this point in time. And so there was still a lot of people pleasing and nervousness around what others might think of me and all of that. And my sister reflected back. She said, you know, I think if anyone else had come to me with this name and asked my opinion, I, I maybe would have cringed or, or kindly said, I think that that's something you should probably not do. But for you, for some reason, this mess, medicine in essence really feels right. So I entered into a shamanic journey and called forward my main love and light guide who happens to be Ascended Master Jesus. And he and I chatted in this journey and I was like, I, you know, I need your clear instructions on this. Is this title, is this name of the ego or is this a name that I am to use? And he said to me emphatically, this is why you're here. Mm. So you know, it's been a real voyage for me. Uh, anytime there are different ways in which uh, shamans can receive medicine names, spirit names. Um, on my show, Ceremony Circle, which is I know an episode you're you're currently I, listening. You know to. what, Allison? I and you probably can attest to this too. It's like I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I have one, and I'm so yeah. into always being plugged in and doing the other things. But when you said you're coming out with podcasts, I was like, oh. I'm listening. So I've, I'm like on episode, what is it? Four, five now? Five. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate you being Amazing. This is exactly what I've been looking for in the podcast space. So thank you kindly. Oh, I will take a second to receive that. in. I really appreciate you taking a moment to express that because, um, you know, you know, I have a radio and TV background. So a lot of people, and then I'll get back on track here, but a lot of people are coming to me saying, you've got to get a podcast. And it just wasn't speaking to me. And then finally, 
uh, the call came in to do it. And then the name ceremony circle came in. I said, okay, now, now <laughs> it's happening, but it, it was many years in the making for it to actually birth. So it's very meaningful, like deep intentional project for me. So I'm glad it, it, you feel it in that way, but yeah, you know, the, the current episode that's out is with a beautiful native American elder teacher, friend, colleague of mine. And the way she got her medicine name Eagle woman was in a very different way. You know, it was through the Blackfoot native American tribe and they had an incredible ceremony for her. Um, but then in my example, you know, the name was downloaded in and, and given to me directly from great spirit from source. And so I've really heeded the call to to use that name and i'll just you know wrap this little portion up by saying it, it it really is an example of when you're given a call and you answer that call that pathway of just that one specific instruction can just take you so many different places because Initially, you know, I was I put it out there and I was kind of like, oh, what's going to happen when I put it out there? And then I, you know, held strong to it. And then I got to a place, honestly, where I wanted to let it go. I didn't want to use it anymore. So I moved it more to an AKA and I actually changed my, my handle used to be at Rockstar Shaman. Then I changed it to at I am Allison Charles, which is what it still is. And the Rockstar Shaman went to an AKA and I moved it to an AKA because I, my intention was for it to dissolve away. I wanted it to go away. <laughs> Please take this from me, spirit. I no longer need you. And he's like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I mean, this, this this has been going on for years at this point. And yeah, the name, it just, the instructions actually came back more front and center to, to continue to use it. And I had some really interesting realizations around it in the past year. I thought, you know what, the irony and the, the humor and all of this is, I actually don't care um, I mean, this is an overarching general term for the most part. I don't, I don't walk into a room and, and, and want everyone to know I'm a shaman. I don't need to be, you know, addressed as such, um, in, in most capacities on some giving a talk and things like that. But, um, so I realized this name isn't necessarily for me. Um, it's a medicine name more for others because it can be very triggering. You know, people can, um, there's usually two pathways. People hear the name and feel an expansive energy inside of themselves. And they think, wow, you know, what a powerful name. And they lean into the power and expansiveness of it. And then others can really get triggered by it and, and do some projecting and, um, and some investigate the triggering. I've had some people say when I first heard it, I got really angry. I was judging you. And then when they caught themselves in that projection place um, and they went further within themselves, they realized that the name, the medicine in the name was showing them all the places in which they were not owning their own power and they were not owning their own spiritual gifts and the medicine that wanted to birth through them. And they ended up thanking me, but it, it brings up a lot for people. <laughs> Yeah, I think even in, even in your first episode of Ceremony Circle, talking about owning the identi identity of shaman and being a woman and that conversation um, that you had with uh, Dr. Marie Mbuni. Marie Mbuni. And um, so I was crying. I'm like, this, oh, it was so good and such a a powerful statement to, to claim that with deep reverence and um honor 
and appreciation. Yes. And you can feel that the, it may be some of these triggers are coming up around buzzwords that happen in like popular culture right now, appropriation and, you know, just the commercialization of, of different sacred tools and, and such. Sure. And so, you know, that could be triggering to people who are attached to that part. Absolutely. No, I'm so glad we're talking about all this because these waters, these waters are infinite in scope of which and how you can investigate all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. They're really sensitive waters to a lot of people. And there's a lot to it because you add on top of what you just said, the fact that we're going through this great awakening and shadow Mm -hmm. extraction and shadow reveal, and we're birthing a whole new world, a whole new earth. And so, yes, you know, some people say, oh, well, um, I mean, there's so many things that come up, especially with using the the title of shaman. And uh, some say, um, if you're a real shaman, then why do you have to call yourself that? And it's like, well, I'm instructed to use that, you know, great spirit, along with my earth mission here. I am to use that title. And I think one of the medicine threads of me being instructed to use it as a woman And as a non-Indigenous woman, it's a reclamation of what shamanism is. You know, shamanism, it's a lot of things. It's the most ancient. It is. The world before, I'm reading this book called um, Gender Identity in Tibetan Buddhism. It's a hefty read. I don't know how I ended up with it. But this, this philosopher woman who came with a Tibetan Buddhist to the United States, the first one to come in like the 60s or something like that, she wrote this book as she studied and went really deep into the history of how we turned into patriarchy. Anyway, um, it it really went into the roots of shamanism and mm-hmm. talking about, you know, Tibetan Buddhism is pretty ancient. But before that, everyone was a shaman because they all you knew was to work with the earth and to look to the stars and to connect rock and star, right? Like it's before (laughs) identities and separations and all of this stuff. And I have the, the chills as you were, were sharing that. And, um, I do feel like there's one other thing coming in that the, the other important piece, I mean, there's a million to it, but, uh, and not every shaman is instructed. They, not every shaman gets the instruction and, feels the call within their soul to use that title. I have a lot of shaman friends who do not call themselves shamans. It's just not a part of their path. It's not a part of their medicine. They might call themselves an intuitive healer or an energy healer or, okay, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I totally identify with that. Like, what do I call myself? Because people at this point in my, my path, in my life, just people being around you, they're like, what are you? What are you, do you a witch? Like, what is this? And I'm like, I'm just me. And I, at this point in my journey, have not received a message from source, have not received anything like that to call myself anything specific. And I'm, I'm playing with different modalities, even things like cranial sacral in a shamanic rooted place of my teacher works with the four directions. Mm -hmm. So infusing these different things, but I haven't gotten into a place where And that's, that is the, I'm so glad you brought that up because that, in my opinion, is how the path should be walked. You know, uh, the reason I am so embodied and my healthily embodied in my divine power is it's one reason it is my clear connection to source and my trust in the directives that source gives me period. And that line 
I live by that line. I live by that connection and I live by its instruction. So if it were to tell me today to no longer use the word shaman, I would absolutely stop using it. And I would trust in that and be fine with that because I have seen by completely devoting and living by the calls I've been given for so many years at this point, the way that my life has just become more and more miracle filled every millisecond of every day. It's like, I trust, even when the calls are scary, terrifying, don't make logical sense. I heed them every single time. And there's just one last little piece with the title. Um, oh, so, you know, and I'll just briefly touch on this, but, and that's the thing. Sometimes when people see shamans calling themselves shamans and um, are also functioning as public figures the way that myself, Maria and Booney, Eagle Woman, the way many of us are here to do this lifetime for our earth mission. <clears throat> if the person doesn't personally know us and has preconceived notions about what shamanism is, what a shaman should look like, be like, act like, all of these things, and perhaps they read a book um, about some of the ancient ways. Well, yes, of course, thousands of years ago, shamans weren't calling themselves themselves shamans necessarily because for, for a lot of different reasons, they didn't need to. But in this day and age, when we're merging these ancient technologies and ways with modern technologies and ways, and part of our calling, like my calling after having my awakening, I realized, oh, I'm, I'm a bridge of all of these worlds. I used to be a radio and TV host, worked in the entertainment industry. I know how to work in the media, reach the masses and grand scale. I'm now to bring consciousness teachings and shamanism out in that way. Well, of course, thousands of years ago, that wasn't a possibility, <laughs> right? you know? And so yeah. I'm part of my, the instruction is to give some people some context, you know, if you've never met a shaman before, you know, I am one. Yes, they can look like me. Yes, they can come where I come from. You know, yes, they can be female. And for people that have placed themselves in a very small box and have a have a very tight constructed understanding of what shamanism is, I really press them up against that box. And unless they're willing to personally get to know me or with kindness and compassion, lean in and really, I've never met a real deal shaman who doesn't get that I'm also a shaman. Right. I mean, you can yeah. real recognize as real. You can feel my reverence and honor and integrity. And that's that, you know? Mm. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we need to like, yes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so just kind of staying in this vein, because I feel like this is a really, like, I feel the energy that is circulating around this. And I know everyone listening right now is like, wow, I have never heard like two women talk about this kind of stuff before in this way. And so for everyone who's listening, can you explain for us what it's like for you to be in that role? Like what you know, you said, you know, my, my clear audience has activated. So you're receiving messages, you know, hearing messages, receiving them in that way. Um, but in what other ways, you know, maybe someone out there is like, I have been witnessing things. I don't know what is happening to me because like you said, it wasn't in a, you know, Native American ceremony that you received this. And they said, okay, you are now this. It was more um, you're present 
willing and available for something and you received it. And I think right. that's happening to a lot of people. And maybe um, they would love to hear what that experience was like for you. God. <laughs> that's a loaded question. Where but. to start? <laughs> Yeah. And I guess I should clarify. So the name Rockstar Shaman does represent how my shamanism works. It, I work directly with Great Mother Earth Rock and directly up to Source Great Spirit, the star part. And of course, that vertical line that runs directly into Great Mother Earth and directly up to Source also runs through me and connects into the divine power, love, light, and truth that is me and, and is within me. So I mean, if someone is feeling these openings and, and shifts, um, it's, it's kind of what we've already touched upon. It's just more imperative than ever to just stay in that clear line, you know, stay in your prayers, stay in your communication to source, stay in your commitment and devotion to opening your heart center and being really in tune and in touch with the intelligence and, and medicine and instructions of your heart. Um, and to, and to just stay in complete commitment to heeding the calls and, and, in my online course, Soul Reboot Spirit School, I guide people in nine different shamanic journeys. And one of them, there is a surrender statement. And I, if it speaks to someone, um, I always advise that they say that because that really opens up the connection line even more clearly. And also your communication, you know, to whoever you speak to. For me, it is Great Spirit and Great Mother Earth and, and my own power that lives inside of me. But speaking out loud, having your own ritual, ceremony, meditation, where you speak to your main guides, mm -hmm. to God, goddess and say, you know, I'm, I'm ready to surrender and I'm ready to heed the calls. And then you have to, it's your responsibility then, because those calls and instructions will come in. But if you heed them, that's where the trust in yourself and the unseen realm guidance that the trust just gets so big that you then become a one operating system. There's, it starts to become where there's no separation and no delineation in between you and source. You're one beautiful operating miraculous orb, living, breathing, being, doing this earth walk thing together, being of service in whatever way you're supposed to be doing it together. Um, but it requires a lot of courage oftentimes and a lot of vulnerability and a lot of humility, especially early on. Most, especially other shamans that I've talked to, once we started to realize that was our path um, and our calling, we had a lot of really humbling moments. And I've got, you know, a lot of stories around all of that. Uh, but universe is always watching, of course. So if they deliver a message to you or an instruction to you, and if it feels really scary or nerve wracking or illogical, but they see you heeding that instruction, then that communication gets even louder and clearer. So I think that's the best mm -hmm. tip that I can give is just commit to being grounded, staying in your body while also staying in your connection point and um, take responsibility for answering the calls that you're given. Okay, you are going to thank me so much for this. I have been a hairdresser for almost 15 years and I've been looking for the best scalp treatment 
for myself, for my clients, for hair growth, stimulation, activation, exfoliation, and I have finally found it. It's called Wee Wee Essentials. I am so obsessed. I use the daytime formula pretty much every single day, sometimes twice a day, whether I'm using the dropper, this beautiful dropper. Um, you know, I love aesthetics and the packaging is just absolutely amazing. It's glass. There's no plastics. It's perfection. And I'll just use a dropper right on my scalp, give myself a nice scalp massage, put a few drops of the oil on my hands, take a few deep breaths in, ground myself, and I instantly feel rejuvenated and refreshed and more connected with my body. Wee Wee Essentials also just came out with their first gua sha tool. It's made of bainstone and it's raw, so you can use it with the oils and the way that Lori, the founder, who's also a hairdresser, so she knows everything about crown chakra, she knows everything about the scalp, and her own experience with hair loss led her to creating this amazing product. She created this Bainstone tool um, to mimic her knuckles, which she originally was using to lift and tone and massage the facial mus muscles and the scalp muscles and the joints and in, um, in the skull. It's literally like transporting yourself to your own little personal spa. It's my favorite ritual right now, whether I'm in the bathtub or just needing a few minutes to pick me up. I highly recommend using these two together. And Wee Wee Essentials is giving us here at Limitless Soul an opportunity to try out anything in the store, the Enchantress, Bainstone Gua Sha Tool, the Day or Night Formula, all for 20% off. Yes, 20% off just for you. And all you'll do is use the code Kelly, K-E-L-L-I, loves wee wee, H-U-I, H-U-I, 20. Kelly loves wee wee, 20. It is going to change your life. You'll have to let me know what you think and tag me if you try some out. I want to know your own experience and how you're using these in ceremony with yourself. So use the code at checkout. Kelly, K-E-L-L-I, loves WeeWee20 Wee at checkout from anything at WeeWeeEssentials.com. You can also follow them at WeeWeeEssentials on Instagram. I promise your scalp will thank you so much. You said something really interesting, like, oh, I've got a lot of stories when I, you, you know, you go through this awakening process. Was there a time where you were like, I want to unknow this. I want to go back. I know that for me, there's been a few. And I, I remember sitting in my car at one point going, and I knew like one of the teachers that I was working with was like, you know, this has to be forgiven to, to move on. Like you've got to forgive this in yourself to whoever, you know, this situation was. And I was so latched onto it because I was so afraid of what would happen if I let it go because I had experienced and witnessed like this powerful, powerful energy. And I was af so afraid of letting it go. And I was like, screw this. Like, I just want to forget everything I've learned because now all I can think about was that one thing. Mm. All I could think about was that one thing that I had to move the energy through. Right. And so it was just like, oh, it was painful. Like so pain. And like that's the kind of energetic like pain that at least in my experience, I've had through awakening and through staying the path, like not going, oh, yeah. you know, not choosing to, to just stop because we can do that right we can go i'm gonna stay right here in my suffering i'm gonna stay right here in it i'm gonna yeah. sit in it and i'm just gonna yeah. be in it 
until you're ready to go on. So for you, has there been any of those moments? And if so, what was the, what was the thing that, that, that busted it open for you to move forward? You know, I think the phase where that thought per percolated up the most was I was in this really intense, what I call my shamanic cave initiatory period. I was living in this tiny little place in Brooklyn that was during my many years being celibate and single. And that's when I was going through the most intense uh, and deep and ancient, like we're talking root of the root, root, root of shadow aspects. So like really intense shadow work. And this went on for years. So yes, through many of those rites of passages and, you know, burning off karmic things that had to be burnt off and learning how to be an alchemist through facing my greatest fears and walking through those fires, learning how to collapse old worlds and old paradigms for myself that held within it old patterns that in order for me to be embodied in my whole divine power, I would have to learn how to collapse them and birth a whole new world. When you're in those places of, of dying off an old way and mm -hmm. holding the line as much as everything in your human aspect and ego aspect wants to turn and go back and revert back to that same guy, kind of guy or whatever it is, but yet that deeper part of you, sometimes you might have to phone a friend so that you <laughs> hold the line and keep going. And yet by holding the line and keeping going, then this all of a sudden you, you, you'll start to feel it this entirely new world, a new way of experiencing yourself and experiencing life then births open. But in all those examples, none of those are for the faint of heart. They're mm -hmm. all incredibly intense. Um, you know, a lot of spiritual fires, lots of rites of passage, initiations that, <clears throat> you know, they don't call it the hero's journey for nothing. You become your own hero and you're coming home to yourself and there's no grander potent medicine or alchemy known to man than to walk that kind of path. But, you know, I just, again, it all comes back. You start to trust yourself to be able to handle no matter what fire comes up. Mm -hmm. You start to feel those intensities and facing those shadow aspects and yet you start to develop a way of, even when you're in that space, feeling the beauty and the miracle and the reverence of that horridness, um, and you can hold both at once, that's when you realize your complete resiliency and the next spiritual fire that comes in, you'll remember the other 20 and you're like, okay, this is absolutely anguishing, terrifying. I want to just lay on the floor and just hide and cry or scream or slobber or whatever, but you know you've got it. You know you're held by source and you know you've got the tools inside of you. And so it starts to get, um, I started noticing my, a lot of my friends and colleagues uh, reflecting back to me, they, they would be like, wow, you're able to walk through this stuff with so much grace. And I would hear it over and over again from so many different people unprompted. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really started to realize, wow, I'm really getting the hang of this. And I need to give myself a lot of credit for my courage and bravery and how I'm doing this earth walk. Mm, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, being your own teacher, being your own rock, being your own cheerleader, 
-hmm. because, you know, as much as we can phone a friend and get somebody to hold it down for us, like that bravery and courage that activates from within um, is so comforting to, to just remind ourselves. And at least in my little, my experiences, not little, probably really big experiences are like, I can do this. And I have a six and eight year old and I have an eight year old daughter. And now I'm like, she's a Pisces. She's just so emotional. Mm. She feels everything. Such a connected soul. And it can be very overwhelming for her because she, that one. Mm. And I'm like, you, you can do this. You can do this. And she just has to, you have to remind yourself from internal that this is going to pass, right? Jesus, your, your guide, Jesus, this too shall pass. It's going to go through. And, um, yeah, like just really leaning into that trust aspect of, of, like you were saying earlier, you, there is no barrier between you and source. There is no barrier between you and that vast energy that by saying that, like by recognizing that it is all of it supporting you. It is, you know. Yeah. And I think the quicker you can ask yourself, what is the teaching here? What is the lesson here? What am I supposed to be facing and alchemizing? You know, the more, like you just said, when you said lean in, that's what brought that up for me. Yeah. The more you can lean in and face, and I like to say, you know, taste it, smell it, chew it, you know, you got to get in there and, and chew on it to chew your way through. But if when those gremlins or fires or scary shadow aspects and blind spots present, if you then keep doing this, like you've probably been doing for your whole lifetime or many years to the same ones that are running away, (laughs) you still look away continuously from the blind spot, that gremlin's going to feel scarier and scarier and more and more pervasive. So the more you can just look at it, I used to guide um, back when I used to do a lot of uh, big in-person events. I would do a guided shamanic journey and facing your gremlins. And, you know, the more you can look at it and talk to it and ask it questions, then that's where the compassion and unconditional love and self-honor and respect, all of those most important aspects really start to come alive inside of you. And you realize the gremlin is not so scary. You oftentimes realize it's just trying to protect you or keep you safe or, you know, a defense mechanism, whatever it is, you know, from a childhood wound, but the more you can look at it, you realize it's just like, oh, you know, you're just scared and you ask it questions and you get clarity, then the fear completely goes away. Yeah. And that's when we feel that exhale. (laughs) Yeah. My God. But yeah, it's a birthing process. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And birthing is pain. (laughs) and beautiful yeah and miraculous exactly miraculous all of it at once Mm -hmm. um so let's talk about um your connection with animals and Mm. i know you have a book coming out in october about power animals and i am super excited about that because i've had some really profound experiences with power animals and connecting in in the lower world like that's kind of where they won't let me into the upper world. I'm more, I shouldn't say that because I, I want to, I'll be shown one day, but yeah. <laughs> I like to play around down there a lot. And so I'd love to hear your experience with mm. the connection to the power animals, what that um, medicine has, has given you and how other people might be able to work with it. Wow. Yeah. The medicine, the power animal medicine has given me <laughs> so much 
You know, I mean, one example, it's given me a book and a card deck because I actually, um, I had been approached for quite a long time, actually, by different publishers and literary agents and, and all those meetings. I was struggling to come to clarity on like what the book is, you know, because in shamanism, we, we lean into the totality, embrace the allness, the all that is, and, you know, explore everything and in, in the infiniteness. And I'm just like, Oh my God, in that infiniteness, what am I supposed to, what is my book first, especially first book supposed mm -hmm. to be about? And I was having trouble landing on it and then finally aligned with the right literary agents. And then, then more clarity started to come in. And I had another book idea which I think will still birth at some point, but I actually had the proposal, was working on this whole other book, went to Bali, and I could tell, I mean, typically anytime you go to Bali, something big is going to happen, and I could sense that that was going to be the case, and while I was there, the power animal world came to me and said, that that book idea is nice, it's real nice, but... Um, we are asking you to write a book with us because at that point I had been working with them for so many years. And that's the other beautiful thing that I think it's important to touch on is when you devote to keeping yourself in check and doing integrity checks and doing the absolute best you can, it's not about being perfect, but it's about committing to doing the absolute best you can to walking this path with honor and reverence and sacredness. And none of those things mean stop having fun. You can still have fun. I'm still very effervescent and joyful and playful. I'm still very childlike in a lot of ways, but I walk this path with a lot of reverence. And so by the time I had gone on this Bali trip, I had been working in a very reverent, honoring way with the power animal world for many years because they had come to me the, the basically right when I had my awakening. My core power animal revealed, my aunt who's a shaman did a healing journey after that very terrifying awakening moment my Black Panther revealed, and then in med my own meditations afterwards, three other supporting animal allies came in, the deer, the frog, and the bear. So I had this quadrant, these, these four teachers and helpers really guiding me through that initial awakening process. And so they were actually the first guides who came to me to support me on my new shamanic path. And so they had really learned that they can trust me. They, they trust how I work with them. They trust how I speak of them. They trusted me to be a voice for them. So it was such a huge honor for me to have them come and say, we want you to write this book. So I had to email my team and say, I really hope you guys are on board because you know I live by the calls and I've been, giving a, been given a call to scrap this other book completely, start over and do a Power Animals book. Thankfully, they were all on board and um, yeah, now here we're just a few months away from, it's called Animal Power, 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul. And it's a new modern day guidebook. And I have this incredible artist who lives in Brazil who has, he has, you know, hand created every single one of the 100 illustrations. It's so vibrant and colorful and just right medicine alignment and yeah. So each animal has its own healing properties and medicinal attributes. And the more you can get to know what each animal represents, then you know that you might want to call on the rhinoceros. If you're going into a really hardcore business meeting and you really want to be grounded in your power and like have the strength to hold your ground and, and move forward through resistance that you, you know, you might come up against and, or something like that. Um, but 
I just wanted to people to have this resource because working with animals has completely changed my life, enhanced my path. They are the most loving, supportive. Now, some of them can be very fiercely loving yeah. <laughs> in their guidance. You know, bat, uh, working with bat medicine was not an easy road and it would not go away. And it worked with me for almost three years in a row. And I'm not going to lie there were definitely times, especially towards the end, where I was just like, oh, I love you so much, Bat. Like, I mean, I even just saying the word back, I could just start crying because of its, even in its really hard teachings that it had for me, I could just feel above and beyond everything else. It's incredible deep love that it had for me. So I knew that's where the teachings were coming from, but it was a hard path working with bat. <laughs> what is, what is the main, uh, maybe aspects of working with bat medicine? I mean, it turns your world upside down. I mean, you think about like the bats hanging upside down oh, in the caves, yes, yes. you know, and it's going into the caves and facing your greatest fears. And it's, um, yeah, there was a lot of alchemy work. It was during that cave initiatory period that I was in for almost three years. And the bat was just a mainstay. And actually the bat presented actually in physical form while I was on the Bali trip. And I, it was the biggest bat I'd ever seen. It was um, hanging upside down. I mean, this bat, you can't, I can't even, cause I'm out of the screen. It was massive and I locked eyes with it. And that our connection blasted me open and I started, I was bawling hysterically. My friend ran over and she was like, what's wrong? Cause we were literally walking through Bali and I just had this experience and I'm like, that bad over there, that bad. And I was just like screaming and crying and I'm like, I see it soul. And then like from that moment on, the bat energy was with me and I, yeah, I was intense. I love that. It's so funny because you can't pick it right? No. Like you, it's like, you can't pick your parents. You can't pick the body you were in. It's like, you just, it, it just is the first power animal that came to me. in my first journey was a lemur and I'm going in like, am I going to get a Buffalo? Am I going to get like a Bobcat? And I'm like that, <laughs> like that Beautiful. little tiny thing. Yeah. I and know. his message was so much bigger than its tiny little body. You know, it's yeah. like, you're here to see in the dark. And I was like, damn it. I thought maybe we could not do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> <Nope>. know. And that's, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought that example up because uh, one of the things I'm most known for is guiding people through the shamanic journeys to meet for the first time their core power animals. And uh, that happened. Oh, sorry. That's our it's dog, okay. Cookie. Hi, puppy. Cookie, it's okay. And that happens quite frequently where someone, you know, and I don't want to generalize, but sometimes it's the men that want to get a tiger right. or, you know, or something. And They're like, you what, get flamingo. Um, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm sure he would be fine with me sharing um, this because I'm friends with him and I know him well enough, but he got a crab, like this funny crab walked to him in his journey and he sleep woke up and he was just like, I got a crab. And I'm like, no, don't wrinkle your nose. Like, talk to this crab, like, it, you know, and, and, and when you start to continue to cultivate the relationship, you gain a much grander understanding. Mm -hmm. And it's oftentimes, yeah, like the quirky or smaller, uh, beings that have some of the biggest medicine. So never underestimate what presents. Yeah. And just a great Testament to trust, right? Like we can't control, like that's your ego just wanting to 
try to power trip and control, you know, source. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you can try. I, but I mean, case in point, <laughs> the mosquito is like the smallest creature on the planet, but it is, um, it's responsible for more deaths on this planet than any, anything else. It's, it's killed like billions of people, you know? <laughs> right? So it's just like, why are you still here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have not learned our lesson. Yeah. There's exactly. something still showing up. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Amazing. So Allison, just to wrap this up, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your amazing energy. I love hanging out with you. I feel like you're my sister. So <laughs> great. We could talk forever. So in this last little part, just something fun to close it out, leave, leave everyone with. I'm going to ask you a couple questions and then you just get to choose one or the other. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fun little game. Keep it light. Keep it fun. So are you a sunrise or sunset person? Ooh, oh, you know, mm, I love mornings and I'm kind of laughing because my fiance is walking through our place right now and we're, we're very opposite. He, um, he's, yeah, he's so much of a night owl and, um, but yeah, I, and I love the, the, the mystery and magic of night, but yeah, there's something beautiful about waking up and just feeling the energy of a new day. Mm, yes travel or stay home, especially after this last year. <laughs> oh man, these are hard because yeah. I'm really both. I'm very much, um, I have, you know, very expressive personality, but I also can be very much an introvert mm -hmm. and I've loved writing the book and card deck because I've just been able to be at home and I love the comforts of home, but I also love the adventure of travel and just culture and learning and, um, oh my gosh. Okay. If I had to, I guess I'm going with travel. It could be, it could be a trick question too, right? Like you could be at home in your soul while traveling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I'll pick travel. Okay. Yeah. I miss traveling too. Mm -hmm. Just the option, the freedom. Yeah. Yeah. We were still able to go to Mexico a few times during all of this. So that worked out well. That's good. I, was in, I went to Texas. My sister lives in Austin. So oh, that's where I, we are now. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I love it there. And I uh, went to Utah and I'm going to Costa Rica next week for two weeks. Oh, so I'm great. Like, Perfect. There you go. Out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You have a dinner party and you get to invite three people, dead, alive, mystic, goal, who is it? And why? these are way harder than the whole other interview. Um, <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, it's tough because the first thought I had was, you know, cause I was like, Oh Jesus. But I'm like, I talked to literally talk to Jesus every day. You know what right. I mean? So it's like, it's um, that's a funny one for a shaman because <laughs> um, we're able to, to connect with any ascended master or, you know, being, um, whenever we want in the other realms. Um, oh my goodness gracious. Uh, I got to feel into this one a little bit. Just give me a second. If you need okay. to edit, you can. No, you're fine. It's a big question. It seems simple, but. Three people. Three. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. Uh, um, I mean, I would definitely actually want to invite one of my ancestors that I don't know about. Mm -hmm. Because my, my lineage, it's like 
it's always been kind of been a bit of a question mark. And I've done the 23andMe test and gave me a little bit more clarity, but I just feel like there's honestly a lot about my own family that I just don't know about. So this might feel like a whatever um, lame answer to some people listening, but I, I think I truly would want to invite three ancestors that are just far back, especially if any of them were shamans or healers, witches, like, um, and then one who wasn't, I just, yeah, I would really want to get to know my ancestors better. That's an amazing answer. And I have not had that yet. Mm -hmm. Anybody answer that, but I would totally agree. I just found out that my great, great grandmother was native American. I found a picture of her mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. as soon as I saw her, I was like, Oh my God, it all makes sense. Yeah. And I was just so grateful to just even see her, but it's hard to find information and it's hard to find mm -hmm. um, connection. I guess I could try to connect with her. Yeah. Here, yeah, but yeah, it is, it is pretty cool. Um, dance or are you a watch? Are you on dance? I'm a dancer. A no, dancer? I, I, I definitely, yeah, I love to dance. The back when I used to host radio, I was a hip hop radio show host actually. Oh, so fun. Part of that uh, gig was, you know, making club appearances. I'm, a, I, well, I don't know so much anymore, but was always the first one out of the dance floor. And I actually preferred it when the clubs were kind of had a slower dead night so that I could just spin around like a mad woman with my friends and not worry about guys coming up behind you and like, you know, doing all that. I just wanted room to, to have a good time with my, my girlfriends. So yeah, I definitely love to dance. Oh, that sounds so fun. Your favorite food? I mean, the one that came in is just the biggest cliche. It's pizza, but I freaking, yes. I still eat pizza, love pizza. <laughs> I eat, you know, healthy for the most part, but like if there's a pizza there, I, my hand is in the box. <laughs> so yeah, I'll go with that. Most nostalgic smell, like what takes you back? What just drops you in? I mean, <clears throat> uh, the one that came in first was cedar. There's just something. What can I have right here? Oh, there we go. There's our friend. I just love cedar and I love its direct line to source with its prayer power. And mm -hmm. it's very, very, very powerful. This I love from cedar. a tree in Michigan. Mm, beautiful. And they're so I sweet cedar. smelling. Yeah. yeah, I really loved that. Um, ocean or mountains? I'm ocean. I'm, I'm very amphibious at heart. I used to call myself Sally Salamander. Like I love a balmy jungle and I don't mind sweating. I don't mind humidity. I'm ocean for sure. And then the last one, if you could choose your one intention, your one hope for the rest of 2021, what would it be? For me personally or a collective or? Either or. Uh, what, what was the way you phrased the question again? If you could choose one intention or like a hope for the rest of 2021, what would it be? Uh, it always comes back to heart, heart medicine. My, my, my prayer would be for people to really make it a priority and commit and devote to learning their hearts and healing their hearts and expanding their hearts and connecting with their hearts because that's where the truth is. That's where your ancient medicine is. That's where your calling is. That's where the highest intelligence is. That's where your connection to source is. That's where compassion, kindness, unconditional love live. Like 
the planet would be a completely different place if everyone woke up and the first thing they did was ask my beautiful heart, what do you want me to know today? My beautiful heart, what do you need today? And you live from that place, everything would be different. Absolutely. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Allison, for being here today. This was just a pleasure and a treat to connect with you. Um, for everyone who's listening down in the show notes, we'll have all the ways you can connect with Allison, check out her courses, her offerings. She's always on Instagram offering some amazing energy and her podcast and keep an eye out for her new book mm. soon. Thank you so much. Yes. And I always want to give great honor and respect to First Nations. You know, I always, even though my shamanic path doesn't specifically adhere to earth-based traditions. I've certainly been very, very fortunate and blessed to have worked in a lot of those traditions and have met a lot of beautiful colleagues and elders who have uh, shared a lot of incredible teachings and medicines with me. And uh, so I always want to pay respect and homage to them for being the wisdom keepers and uh, keeping these traditions alive, even when faced with uh, great odds stacked against them. So I just wanted to close the circle with paying respect to that. Ah, thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll talk to you later, Allison. Bye. Thank you. Mm -hmm.